We're spending the hour in Atlantic Canada today as uh, post-tropical storm Fiona bears down on Nova Scotia. It's going to pass through eastern, the eastern mainland of the province, Cape Breton and Prince Edward Island, uh, later or early today. It's already almost today there, or tomorrow rather. Then it will go on to Quebec's lower north shore and southeastern Labrador early Sunday. In small coastal communities across along the eastern shore of Nova Scotia, people are trying tying down their boats and hauling them to dry dock in hopes they won't be damaged. Here's Rodney Fougere. Today I'm tying up my vessel the best way I know how, so she can still be here after the storm. I'm hearing it's not good. I'm hearing there's a lot of wind that's going to be coming for an eight-hour period, and the winds are going to be rotating right around. Yeah, it's going to be a high winds, uh, gusts of up to 100 kilometers an hour, or sustained winds of 90 kilometers an hour, lots of rain, obviously concerned about storm surges and so forth. Uh, the Prime Minister has announced that he's going to delay his departure. He was supposed to head to Japan uh, to attend Shinzo Abe's funeral. He's going to stay here in the country till Sunday due to the ongoing situation with uh, post-tropical storm Fiona. Uh, he's also saying, listen, that they're uh, they're ready. Trudeau and Emergency Preparedness Minister Bill Blair have been in touch with their counterparts in Atlantic Canada. Here's the Prime Minister provinces have tremendous resources to uh, support and prepare uh, for this, but it's going to be a bad one. Uh, and that's why uh, the federal government, as we always are, will be there with uh, supports and resources. So just watching that storm tracker as uh, Fiona inches ever closer uh, to the mainland. Again, it's supposed to track right over Cape Breton. That's where we find Cape Breton Regional, sorry, Cape Breton Regional Municipality Mayor Amanda McDougall tonight. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. I know we have quite, we have quite a title here, don't we? <laughs> yeah, too sorry about that. I was uh, just how is it? We were just talking to uh, my colleague Ross Lord, who's in Port Hawkesbury tonight. Uh, it's getting windy there. He was saying, uh, "How are things where you are?" It sure is. So it's it's happening. The rain is coming down. Uh, the wind is picking up. Even in the quietness of a house, you you can hear it. And I know. Uh, if you were out and about, which we really, really strongly encourage people not to, you would see the lights on in all the houses because I think we're all just sitting vigil, making sure the whole, our homes are okay, our neighbors are okay, and uh, waiting, waiting for what's to come in the middle of the night. I know you've been uh, out all week warning people to take this seriously. Um, I imagine you think you've been heard. Oh, oh, certainly. Yeah, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of conversation. There's a lot of anxiety and worry, especially when I'm seeing things on social media. Um, so today, I actually had my my little one up in Halifax, which is about a five hour drive here from from Cape Breton, and uh, for his doctor's appointments. And I drove from the afternoon into the evening uh, with the beginnings of what Fiona is. So feeling that storm that whole way, that whole five-hour drive was really, really intense and invalidated all of the anxiety that we've been hearing a lot lately. Yeah, he's okay, I hope, after his appointment. It's a long drive. It's a long drive. Yeah, no, he, he's a super trooper. And so, yeah, we're, we're, we're pretty used to it. We have a great, great health uh, service center for children in the uh, capital of Nova Scotia, and he is treated like a king there. So, yeah, we, we got through it, no problem. Um, but I think... My worry is what is to come. So we're already looking at the um, outage maps, the Nova Scotia Power outage maps for for the province, and there's there's just about eighty thousand people without power, and so that concerns me because the areas without power are not in that direct line of impact like Cape Breton Island is, and so we're bracing. Um, I know we have our Center Two Hundred, which is our regional 
um, facility here for CBRM open for the public right now. Storm surge is terrifying. Um, that's really, really scary. I know high tide's at about midnight here. And so the winds, the rain, the storm surge, it, it, it's quite devastating for the coastline. What are your what are your concerns? I mean, I know you've been talking a lot about preparedness all week. There's only so much you can prepare for Mother Nature. Uh, but what are your concerns? I know the causeway, I was talking about that with Ross, because he's obviously not mm-hmm. far from the causeway in Port Hawkesbury. You would have driven over it tonight, I gather, on your way back in. Uh, that's one concern Absolutely. I know I've heard you heard you mention. There must be others as well, just with the topography and the way that Cape Breton is, lies where it lies in the, in the, in the face of the storm. True thing. Yeah, we're an island and we have a giant lake in the middle. So we are surrounded by water and our center is water. So when we hear things like high tide, storm surge, high winds, um, immediately you think about flooding. And that flooding not only is on the coastline, but it goes inland as well. So in 2016, uh, just as I was becoming a counselor here in CBRM, uh, we experienced what we called the Thanksgiving Day floods. And it was that combination of high tide, uh, winds, and just horrible rains that caused people to lose their homes. And that's the scariest part, right? Um, Right now, we're worried about folks that are unhoused as well. So we've been working with our community stakeholders to make sure that they have the resources to to ensure that those who are unhoused have have safe shelter. Um, Our shelter's been doing a great job. They have an extreme weather center as well that they open up. But it's just making sure people people are going to be okay. Um, I know there's a lot of chatter on social media saying we need to open comfort centers right now, but we we don't do that from the get-go. We make sure that people stay hunkered down during the worst of the storm. Once we know it's safe to travel around again, get them to those comfort centers, charge your phones, get some tea, uh, take a deep breath and know that you're okay. Um, But really, it's going to take some time. We've been through this before. Yeah, I was just speaking to Halifax Search and Rescue. They're obviously out tonight looking for the unha- for people who are unhoused, the vulnerable. But but again, they were saying that uh, comfort centers are not going to open. They really don't want people moving around tonight. I think that's probably the main concern. You don't want people getting up and leaving to go somewhere right in the middle of this. Most certainly not, no. And so that's why it was really important to work with those agencies and organizations. And I know Mayor Mike Savage and I, we have such a great relationship and have been sharing a lot of information back and forth, but uh, making sure that those those stakeholders who have that direct contact um, with our vulnerable communities are, are out there and being vigilant and having our support to make sure folks are taken care of. In the meantime, um, yeah, we we... we do not want to see people. We don't want to see headlights on the road unless they are those essential workers that are making sure that emergencies are being taken care of. Um, I know a lot of the time those viral videos will go around of, hey, look at me, I'm on the coastline. These waves are crazy. This is not the time. This is absolutely not the time. You need to stay home, stay safe, um, and and make sure to take care of your neighbors too, right? Um, There's a lot of folks that are on their own, could be seniors, could be folks that are just... um, living in vulnerable situations, but just taking care of one another. I know you were back and forth to Halifax today, but what was the mood like in in Sydney and around around Cape Breton? I know there are isolated pockets as well you must be concerned about, but what was the mood? Was it it one of sort of quiet determination? Was there a bit of panic in the air? What was going on? Well, it's funny. Yesterday, I left the island and I went to the gas station first and (laughs) one of the gas station attendants said, you know, you can't get a loaf of bread, you can't get chips or milk. And I was like, okay, folks, like, we're all prepared. We have everything we need in our fridges. Um, But, you know, 
it's an interesting thing. Like I said, this is not the first time, right? And so there's an anxiety, a definite worry. Um, This is a bigger storm than than we've ever experienced. But I think there's also experience to this. Um, We've been through one. We've been through Dorian more recently, the Thanksgiving floods. Um, Unfortunately, you get more and more used to this because of the effects of climate change. And so we're learning as a community how to be prepared, how to make sure that, you know, our community centers have generators, what to do, um, what do you need in your 72-hour kit, right? Like people have actual totes ready for hurricanes. So anxious, worried, but prepared. Tell me a bit about this storm in particular, because I know you've been talking about it. It is massive and it's going to hang around. I think that's the one thing that Ross Lord was talking about earlier is that he was around for one and it went through quite, it was devastating, but went through quickly. Mm -hmm. This one's going to linger. And I think that's where the fear is. Exactly. And I, I think, like you said, the size of it, when it turns from a hurricane to a tropical storm, it's almost like that storm, it, that's, it just widens and, and, and that impact zone is so much bigger. And that, that is worrisome. I never thought in my life I would ever become a person who was like, okay, if a storm tracks west, it'll do this. If it tracks east, it'll do that. And unfortunately, when you live on the coastline, you become a pro in that. So knowing that it's moving slightly east is good. It is good. But um, the breadth of this storm is just so large. And I think the the unknown, right? You don't know how much rain's actually going to come down. You have predictions. You don't know what those winds and those sustained winds, that's, that's the scary part, the sustained winds. You can have gusts that are very, very strong, but if you have sustained winds for a minute or more, that is where the extreme damage happens, and that's what we're hearing is going to happen. Yeah, lots of trees, right? That's the, the, the Gary Oaks and so on that, as was being mentioned earlier, those are some of the concerns and just the, the houses in the way and so on. You can't, you know, you can't do much about that. No, no, certainly not. Mm-hmm. And uh, no, again, no, we, we have an emergency center that's opened. Um, we, you know, we have the ability to make sure folks can gain access and transport to those centers. Um, but right now it's, it's a bizarre thing. It's a bizarre thing. You know, I've got two young kids, so I'm typically in bed right now, but there's no way my husband and I are going to be going to sleep anytime soon. We're waiting for it. Yeah. What does the next 12 hours look like? You're just going to try to wait out the night and assess what, assess what, what's happened when the, when the sun rises? Yeah. And I think I'm doing the same thing that every other person is doing. So every time the, the wind gusts, you're like, okay, got to go check the windows, got to go check the patio door, got to see what's happening in the basement. Uh, it's it's being, it, you have to monitor your property. Um, you have to be vigilant about it. But then it's going to be tomorrow afternoon when we're allowed to go back outside, I think, once it passes. If, hopefully it passes by the afternoon. Um, I know I've been talking to ministers from the provincial government, my, our MPs, um, there is a huge collaborative effort by our community leaders that we will we will come together. We will assess what is happening. Um, the prime minister, like you had put put on your your commercial there beforehand, he he knows too. He's ready. They know that disaster financial assistance is going to have to kick in because it's not going to be pretty. And just the kids. What do you tell the kids? They must be. They must pick up on all of this, right? Well, certainly. Um, you you just try to calm the nerves, right? And say, remember that last time we had a storm? Don't worry. See, here's your gold new flashlight we got. Um, It's, I don't know, you grow up on the East Coast and you get used to it, I suppose. And you just have to keep a calmness to it. You have to keep a calmness. 
Amanda McDougall, I, I, I wish you the best of luck tonight, you and the entire community and all of Cape Breton, given what's on its way, we think. And, and uh, you can just only hope that it that it all works out for the for the best. And I know you're prepared. And thank you so much for taking the time tonight. I really appreciate it. No, thank you for your kindness and your thoughtfulness, too. It, it means a lot, though, when we're out here <laughs> battling the winds to know that folks are thinking of us. So thank you. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.